You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you're interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. I wondered when Disney would finally get around to doing an adaptation of the classic children's tale starring William Cat called House. It's only a matter of time. I am Marco's probably the only person here who even faintly gets that joke. I <laughs> sort of get it because you guys talk about it a lot. That obscure, <laughs> like this 80s horror comedy yeah. with starring the greatest American hero. Oh shit, now I'm going to have that theme stuck in yeah. my head all well, day. Now I oh, do that's too, a totally <laughs> different thing. I, that I got 100%. Well, believe it or not, I know that reference. Believe it or not, I'm walking. Oh shit, now you now see what you've done? done I've done it. Stop it. You've I'm unlocked s- it. I am so sorry. That is totally on me. But you know, you might get some songs stuck in your head in this film and can't which is what they say was the 60th film produced by the studio, animated film directed by Byron Howard and Jared Bush with songs written by Lin-Manuel Miranda, which honestly is the thing I was most excited by. And I was not that early Hamilton adopter, although now I'm fully a member of the cult. But when I saw Moana, I was like, why are these songs so much better than any of the recent Disney musicals? Oh, it's that Lin-Manuel Miranda guy. He's pretty good at writing these. He's not bad. He's better as Gizmo Duck, though. Oh, God. (laughs) Of course, you've got to bring up Gizmo Duck. Well, I guess it's more appropriate (laughs) since that's Disney as well. This is about a family, an extended family, called the Madrigals, who live in the mountains of Colombia in a Encanto, which, what does that literally translate as? A charm, an enchantment. Does it? Oh, okay. So I, I assumed it meant like a geographical formation. No, they, it may be in some, but I, I've never heard it in, used in any other way other than okay. like enchantment. But you're right. It is an enchanted valley, let's call it, surrounded Basi- by mountains. Basically, this man and his wife, they were escaping from some sort of revolution, political thing, people causing violence and trouble in their town. As he didn't make it, her tears enchanted the candle that she was carrying and it brought magic and the whole place was shut off by mountains that grew out of nowhere and grew this enchanted beautiful house that she ended up having you know she already had triplets at that point but the family went on the other survivors who would follow them there they all became part of this community and you know when this is started it's really following Mirabelle Madrigal voiced by Stephanie Beatriz who I love that you know we see her on television she's all yes this is very serious all the time she just talks like this and they hear you're like, wait, that's the same lady. That's the funniest thing is it's almost like she's an actor. <laughs> yeah, when you watch behind the scenes stuff, she's the cheeriest fucking person on the planet. And you're like, how? How did you do this? <laughs> <laughs> but she is decidedly the lead here. Her whole family has magical gifts. When you come of age, your quinceanera is basically the house opens a door for you that leads to your specially designed bedroom just for you and grants you some sort of superpower. Like she has one of them who is super strong and one of them who can hear absolutely everything. And and the sad one, John Leguizamo, who no one knows what happened to, Bruna, who can see the future. He's a Cassandra! But, you know, <laughs> poor Mirabelle, well, her door just disappeared when it came for her. So she doesn't have a power. 
so yeah, it's one of those everybody's special but me, even though they try to make me feel special. She's but- like the pretty girl in the Adams family. Or was that the monster? That was the, the monster. monster. Yeah. I was confused yeah. for a second. <laughs> Correct me, but I'm wrong. You're right. She does her best to always try and still be as big a part of the family as you can and be helpful. She's definitely, you know, an up person. But when she starts to see cracks in the foundation, and I mean that both literally and symbolically, she starts to worry that maybe she's the cause. We are, in fact, talking about Encanto. Joining me is... Spider Mike. Marco. Hey, I'm Mars. Welcome back, Mars. What was your first one you did? I forgot. Oh, we did Bonds. Well, this is an extensive cast of people in here. I only know firsthand a few of them, like Wilder Valderrama, Mirabelle's father, who, of course, is from that 70s show. Yes. Diane Guerrero, who uh, is lately rocking it on Doom Patrol. Oh, yeah, yeah. Also played a very different type of character. Isabella, Mirabelle's second oldest sister, who is the one who is just so perfect, because her ability is to make flowers appear out of everything and also be, like, the super hottie of the town that everybody's like. She's basically a Disney princess reimagined as a middle child and exactly as annoying as you would think that would be. (laughs) Sounds about right, yeah. Yep. We follow as the youngest nephew is coming of age, and he's very scared, but he's very close with Mirabelle, and his time is coming for the big celebration. The whole town gathers for his door, and he's worried, well, what if the same thing happens to me? What if what if I don't get a power either? And she's like, well, then we'll just continue to live in this boring room together instead of a special room. We'll be best friends together. But he does, in fact, get a door and a really cool power. He becomes Beast Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love the power to talk to capybaras. That would be great. Oh, man. But the team of capybaras look unusually bored the whole time they're just super chill animals <laughs> yeah they're, they're very zen the chillest animal of the animal kingdom but i kept going mirabelle you do have a power it's clearly to make anyone go in the middle of a really crazy psychedelic music video anytime you feel like singing because <laughs> <laughs> they're all around her nobody gets a song yeah unless mirabelle is there and part of it i'm like it's been there within you the whole time mirabelle she oh can- and she can slow time down i guess yeah she <laughs> can do a lot of things with the power of music that nobody seems to bring up no one point. notices even she's like well i thought everybody could do yeah, that <laughs> let's be honest she has the power of exposition <laughs> that's true it's like I need to talk to you about something, but we're going to do this in song and suddenly all will be revealed. At its core, part of this is like playing with a bit with superhero tropes. Cause I mean, they all have superpowers, especially the older sister who's like super strong and she can lift everything. But that's not at all what this is about. One of our fellow critics and friends who tends to be a little too dark about things <laughs> criticized it because he said, well, there's a Disney problem. There's just no villain. I'm like, it doesn't have to have a traditional villain. Why are you looking at me when you say that? <laughs> I, I'm just looking at you because they acknowledge it. Is this because you're, you're, you're the, it's because you're the villain. That's why of this review. No. It's really just about family and problems that can slowly develop over time and how to make families come together back together again by understanding each other and in a way that directs lately, I think, to an older generation that had to struggle expecting too much of their children, perhaps, being a very specific angle on that. And I actually thought all of that, once it really came together, was quite beautiful. Yeah, it is kind of a mystery in that Mirabella obviously is like, I have to figure out what's happening with the house. Everyone is acting like everything's perfect. Nobody wants to talk about it. No one wants to address the fact that some of the powers are disappearing or that the house is shaking and cracking. So she's brave enough to confront it. And of course, as we progress, we get to see more and more of the family side of it. And we get to learn what's really at the heart of this mystery. And it's probably not a big mystery. I'm not spoiling anything in that there's no fucking enemies and there's, there's no villain. There's no big bad wolf. There's no fucking Cossacks coming from the mountains to kill your entire family. There's a lot of great movies that don't have a 
quote unquote villain, but anybody who's ever been in a family, you've probably figured out that the biggest adversaries you face sometimes are the members of your own family. Yeah. It's or, the age old Mexican story of or South American Latin story of man versus family expectations. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very much <laughs> it's so. a very yeah, it is an immigrant type of narrative in that they're still in their native country, but they've created a new community for themselves and they've made a better world for themselves, but the pressure that's been put on those children is a little bit intense, even though they have superpowers to help them. Yeah, and neat, colorful, cool powers. I like how they're almost all selected for the maximum amount of visual effect on the screen, or maximum amount of jokes. There is a wonderful bit in here that made me laugh so loud when two characters are telling a secret, and like, okay, we can't (laughs) let anyone know, and the door cracks open, and like, all the way on the other side of the house, way in the distance, you can make out the sister whose power is to hear almost anything, and she's like... (gasps) (laughs) Right, yeah. What a power to have, by the way. What a terrible power. Nothing is a secret in that house. No. 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 Which is also the thing that happens in all Latin American families. (laughs) Also very thin walls, so you hear everything anyway. Yes. The house itself is also alive. The house is totally anthropomorphized, like its tiles beat up and down and help people move along. Like the sister, when she's working out, the tiles work like a treadmill and just keep moving. And bedrooms are like the TARDIS. They're bigger on the inside. Right. I mean, it is alive and responds to people and what they say to it. The first thing I thought when she has her vision that the house is going to start cracking apart and the magic is lost, I was, the house requires a blood sacrifice. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's me. That's what I brought to it. Actually, the first thing I thought of was like, Oh, it's Danny the Street. Only now it's Danny La Casita. (laughs) Well, if it would have helped Abuelita, probably would have sacrificed one of the kids. (laughs) Probably Mirabella, because she's like, well, there's nothing special about her. Yeah, she doesn't have any powers. She can't fight back. It'll be fine. Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff going on in this movie. Um, I was talking to Mars afterwards about it, and we were talking about how the songs are a bit too fast. It's trying to teach you the lesson of what their truth is. But it's going so fast that it took me a few moments to even realize what they were trying to tell me. I think there's a different version of this movie with more of the family members giving their truth. And I feel like it's missing something to make me truly fall in love with it. The Fast Songs is endemic specifically of Lin-Manuel Miranda, which I've always found that I tend to enjoy his stuff when I get to watch it again with subtitles on. Because he writes beautiful, wonderful lyrics that are clever and funny, but he tends to just shotgun them out so fast. But that's the Stephen Sondheim influence. Sondheim does that a lot, too, where it's just a lot of intricate wordplay. But then, you know, Miranda brings in... There's no real hip-hop in this particular musical score, but it has that sort of sense of flow of, like... Let me show off just how many syllables, how many bars I can squeeze in here. Mm-hmm. Some of the songs kind of feel like, you know, you're trying to get a lot of information across of what emotionally the characters are feeling, what they're going through, that type of thing. And it almost feels like it's skipping stones, where you just kind of get this glimpse of, oh, there's a little bit of information here, a little bit of information here, a little information over here, but you don't get all of it because it's just going too fast. Too fast, yeah. I agree, but I think I was getting enough. I didn't feel like I missed any key parts of the story. Well, I'll tell you, one of the things that I most found mesmerizing was just the way everything was choreographed. And I don't just mean the way that when they're actually physical characters are dancing, the way it was choreographed. I mean, just like everything coming to life, the way it's shot, the way things interweave in and of each other. I mean, literally everything is is alive in this film. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And it just never stops moving and fluctuating and exploding with color. This is a movie to take ecstasy to. No question about it. <laughs> He's not entirely wrong. Well, no, yeah, because there's there's so much magic that's going on throughout the sequences, and some of it that's just like absolutely breathtaking. And from the get go, like it starts off with a song that just 
has so many things going on in it that I was just like, wow, you are just throwing a lot at me at once, but this is so cool, I don't even care right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very typical sort of Broadway musical opening number where it's like, we got the whole town now doing this. The entire company is on stage. And honestly, there's so much inventiveness in the staging, the blocking, the actual physical choreography, not just the camera movement, but the actual way that the digital actors, let's say, are moving. They move like dancers, and I wish more live-action musicals had this much pizzazz in their choreography and camera work. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Obviously, that you start getting into expenses there to some degree when you're not doing it animated, because a lot of this is just like... Yeah, you couldn't do with live action, people. Just no, no. way. It's so much of it is just like hallucinatory vision floating into hallucinatory vision of symmetry and color weaving in and out of each other. It's going by so fast and changing so fast. It's hard to keep track of it, but none of it is necessarily informative. You just lay there and let it kind of overwhelm you, I think. And it's a very positive uh, experience. Unlike that most recent uh, trailer for West Side Story, where it's like, there's no singing or dancing. And it's like, are they afraid to admit that this is a fucking musical? <laughs> Absolutely. One of the other things that I really liked about this film a lot was the relationships of the family themselves. It did remind me a little bit of the way my dad's side of the family was, especially with the overarching matriarch of the family, except in my family, it was the overarching grandfather. So I ended up really grasping onto that and ended up making me enjoy the film a lot more. The only difference is that mine didn't have the happiest ending. <laughs> hey, I'm curious because I know how much you love Pixar's Coco, mm -hmm. which also is from a Latino experience. I'm yes. just wondering how these two films measured up against each other in terms of that. Um, I think Coco does the better job of it, but mm -hmm. that's only because it gives more time involving the family's relationship. I think that's one of the reasons I have some issues with this movie is I felt like there needed to be more family moments. Because the main thing about the movie is it's, it's discovering the truth that you feel inside versus the family expectation. But we only get like a handful of them compared to the huge family that's there that I was kind of hoping for more of that, but it just sort of rushes towards the end after a while, at least what it felt like to me. So what I'm hearing is you think Abuela should have been Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> well, The Rock should have shown up. <laughs> look, look, but, it's uh, a large Latino family. There's like 20 cousins. I mean, it's even a joke. Like, how many of them are there? It's like, yeah. and they're all living in this one house. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they need doors with their names on it. Otherwise, yeah. you don't know who's in that house. That the rooms are TARDISes, that they're bigger on the inside. Yeah than they are on the outside, then sometimes a little terrifyingly so, as we find out when we finally get to see the room of the missing uncle who can tell the future, which is really creepy, and apparently he's seen Raiders of the Lost Ark a few too many times. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, that, his room was was cracking me up, because there's a moment where like you finally see what happened with him, and you're like, what happened? Like, that room sucks. <laughs> That's basically what he says. It's just like, so many goddamn stairs, and you can't really, like, there's no elevator or anything. It must suck if you finally get your power, and your room is just fucking awful. Now, even your room is like, your power's sucks <laughs> i'm so sorry and i really Lizama wish it was perfect for him oh yeah, yeah. Uh, john like was so often the hidden weapon and mm -hmm. things and yeah. here as well because we don't actually hear him till pretty damn late in the movie they didn't announce his casting until really late as well they kind of mm. held it back he's such a great actor when he's allowed to be he's great in this and i really wish we would have saw more of the rooms too because we only see like maybe two or three of them yeah I think at most. we don't get to see all of the kids what it looked like i wanted yeah. to see what the one for the super strong sister looked like yeah and absolutely. I never got to see that it's just a gold gym <laughs> she has an entire gold gym for herself Ugh. but there's That's more candles. ultimate nightmare <laughs> anyway let's go to final thoughts uh marco why don't you get us started I was thoroughly charmed by this. There isn't a villain. There's no big bad wolf. There's no evil queen. 
it's a little bit of a red herring when Bruno's involved because he's one of the first signs that there's a crack in the family. They're like, oh, we don't talk about him. So you know he's going to be important. But he's not a villain. He's just misunderstood. And that's so much of what the movie is about. A family that loves each other, undeniably, but they've kind of taken each other for granted. Yeah, they're falling into their assumed roles, and everybody takes that for granted. Right. And finally, you know, you have that one person who is supposedly not special, but that gives her a perspective that no one else has. I think it's a really powerful message in terms of families, in terms of just accepting who you are. And learning not to pressure one another to be something you're not. It's a pretty simple lesson, but it's one that we all have to learn over and over sometimes. Visually, it's stunning. It's gorgeous to look at. The songs are memorable enough. You know, I'm not going to watch this a thousand times, but if you have kids, you're probably going to watch this several times, and I guarantee you're probably going to be singing along to some of these tunes soon. I highly recommend it. It's gorgeous, and it's a nice capstone for Disney, seeing it how it is their 60th feature film. See it in the theater if you have a chance. It's gorgeous to look at, and you'll have a lot of fun. I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 donkeys playing the violin on the deck of the Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Which will make sense within the context of the movie. Mars, what about you? I really enjoyed this. It was really delightful. As someone who has an older sister, the relationship and kind of the stories they were telling with the three sisters really resonated with me. Having an older sister who always had to be the strong and the perfect one and felt like she had to be that kind of person, even though that's really wasn't what she wanted. You know, she didn't want to be spending all her time at school and all that type of thing. So it kind of reminded me of the two older sisters with me, who was a little bit more free to kind of do a little bit more of what I wanted. So I think there are going to be a lot of girls out there who are able to really identify with Mirabelle and her relationship with her sisters and her abuela and her mother. It's a big part of this movie. To add, it's totally gorgeous. The animation was really impressive for me. Mirabelle's costume, if it was an actual physical costume, should be, you know, an Oscar contender because it's really, really pretty. You can see the threads, the whole bit. This is definitely, again, going to be one of those that you're going to take your kids to a couple of times and you're really going to have fun with it. I give it 9 out of 10 overly chill capybaras. (laughs) Michael. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I have my issues with it, a lot of it. I feel like it it does need more for me to truly love it the way I I think you guys have a little more like for it. I still think it's a good film. I'm not going to say it's a bad film or anything. I think has, like Margot said, has a very nice message, especially towards a lot of people who've had that sort of expectation put on them at some point. We didn't even talk about the short that happens before the movie. Oh, yeah. That even has the same sort of message even then. It's trash pandas in the cycle of abuse. Far from the tree. Yeah, that one has a great little message too, but just because your parents did certain things it doesn't mean that you have to do it the same way you can learn from that experience and do things differently exactly and that's pretty much what that and the movie itself are telling you and i really appreciated that at the end of the day i think it's probably would be better with more watches once you have subtitles so you can understand some of the songs a little better i would have to give it 8.5 out of 10 small children chugging coffee (laughs) (laughs) and i seriously expect once this drops on disney plus december 24th i believe i will be rewatching this with the subtitles and i suspect enough times before the songs actually do kind of get stuck in my head there are quite a few in here i was like this one is going to be dangerous in my future i can already tell (laughs) and disney plus will also remove all shots of children drinking coffee (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean they're releasing in theaters that way so it's probably okay someone's gonna that that is an illicit sustenance children should not be drinking coffee i was that child drinking coffee 
at that age. All, uh, all my friends did, and I was always like, that's disgusting. Why would you want to drink that? They're like, you're going to stunt your growth. Look at us. We're a bunch of Mexicans from South Texas. None of us get past 5'8". That's true. What's the fucking point? Except drink for my that cousin. Coffee. That guy's a freak of nature. We Gr- do have those weird ones in every family. <laughs> I used to feel that way about beer, too, and look at me now. Look yeah. at me now, Ma. Look at me now. <laughs> look at me now, Ma. This is really almost deliriously fun at points. It's just such a wash of color and movement and music and just it's just non-stop i found myself completely entranced by this i felt like i couldn't move because i might miss something and you did there's no way you didn't because there's just so much it's just constantly going you're not missing anything in the story you're not confused you want to go wait rewind that did i see what i thought i saw in that really quick moving animation sequence it's a lot and that's not a bad thing the full skills were on for the disney animators here and while as our friend complained the character models are the same ones they've been using for the last five or six movies so fucking what disney's always done that you know always done their movies in cycles of okay well we're kind of using this unreal engine if you will putting in video game terms (laughs) for this cycle of films and then we'll just move on eventually and do a different thing that's why i hate live action movies because people always look the same they always look like real people they never look different it's like you just look like a you got a nose how boring two eyes how dull well that's why they always get that plastic surgery they update themselves it's like firmware so i like the mandalorian so much because he's no nose just a helmet it's good (laughs) no lip syncing issues ever this is delightful i loved it the best disney animated film since and including pixar's since moana which was also really delightful although man moana was talk about songs that got you in trouble Mm -hmm. i would had some of those songs stuck in my head for fucking weeks you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) and then there's a guy online who did deadpool the musical and the second one was i believe it was was just uh, had the song that's that song from moana (laughs) but with deadpool lyrics and it was like oh my god then that was stuck in my head for like a month and a half like uh, look it up if you haven't seen deadpool musical it's brilliant and deadpool 2 the musical anyway love this want to see it again i'm gonna give it nine out of ten houses that were built where they clearly moved the headstones but (laughs) didn't move the bodies why didn't you move the bodies Because they're covered in food. <laughs> yeah, they're just dropping food everywhere yeah. in this film. I was hungry after watching That's this. That's actually how they're going to tie it into the uh, same cinematic universe as Coco. Eventually, <laughs> we're just going to beat all the dead people under the house in the land <laughs> right? of the dead. There you go. And they're like, will you guys keep it the fuck down up there? Jesus Christ. Look, we get one night of the year to come out. <laughs> Give us a break. 